the Ten Commandments of Detailing. I'm Ivan. I'm Nick. And this is the DIY Detail Podcast. This is going to be a tongue-in-cheek, sort of fun exploration of 10 things you should know about detailing and, you know, make your life easier. We are not here to actually play on anything no, no. religious or do anything like that. It's just have fun. More of just, and this is the one that will sound kind of funny, but the rest of them are just basic, but let there be light. Yes. So let there be light. In order for you to see if something is dirty, you need to see it. I've been through too many detail shops that looked like a dungeon. They were so dark. And the jobs coming out of them look like they were done in a dungeon as well. You can't clean what you can't see. No. So having different lights. And worst case scenario, if you can't put more lights in your room, get a headlight, get a handheld light, get a spotlight that you can put beside you, but have light. Especially, especially when you're doing an interior. And that's the thing. When they drive the vehicle, whether it's you or your customer into the sun, they're going to see it. Yeah, exactly. So spend the extra five minutes, drive it out of your garage, do a sunlight check. Exactly. It's always going to reveal something you didn't see. I'm sorry. No headlamp or great shop lighting can replicate the sun. No. Um, but but seriously, you just can't clean what you can't see. Now, before we move on to number two, there is such a thing, Ivan, as too much light. There is. You can actually flood the panel with light, especially, <coughs> excuse me, especially when you're polishing. And at that point, you actually don't see anything. And a lot of detailers will recognize this as, I polished it inside my shop where you have distinct points of light, and it still looked, eh, not too good, but customer had a budget. Brought it outside, it looks spectacular. The sun sort of blends everything in and makes it look better. So the sun can be your enemy, can also be your friend. Number two, if it feels like you're working, you're doing something wrong. Right. That's Ivan's number two. So let's, yeah. let's challenge you on that and say, what are you talking about? Detailing is work. No, detailing is fun. But if it feels like you're putting in hard manual labor, there's something wrong. Detailing should not involve pressure. Detailing should not involve speed. You want accuracy. You don't want speed. Detailing should not involve hard physical labor. An example, if you're working in the sun, We'll get to that one later. But if you're working in the sun, you're hot, you're sweaty, it's not a good time to be detailing. If you're having to physically put pressure on a machine, there's a good chance that machine isn't liking you and neither is the paint that you're doing that to. So anything that feels like hard manual labor, step back, think about it. Does it need to be that difficult? The answer is no. Hmm. I have more questions there, but let's yeah. move on to number three. Heat and pressure belong in the kitchen. Yeah. So if you have an Instapot or the good old pressure cooker, that's where it belongs. Heat and pressure, especially when polishing, are not good. Now, back in the day when we had lacquer paints, heat and pressure were good things. And unfortunately, that mentality has stuck through these modern clear coats. These modern clear coats do not appreciate you creating, creating heat with a polisher. And they really do not appreciate you creating pressure. Pressure creates more heat, more heat damages the clear coat damages the paint below it. I've seen a couple instances where someone has polished and created so much heat that the clear coat's nice and smooth. The paint color actually changed underneath it because they wild. burnt it. So heat is not your friend in any way, shape, or form, especially when doing paint correction. 
I just thought of a meme somebody put on our Facebook page, DIY Detail. If you haven't joined, it's on Facebook. We yeah. have nearly 50,000 members. It's a private group, but request to join and we'll, we'll let you in. Yeah. Um, we also would love if you would subscribe if you're getting value right now. Exactly. That'd be amazing. That supports us. It's free for you to do. But a meme they put online was, thou shalt not put clean polish on a dirty pad. Exactly. And so that's a little aside, but definitely... That inspired us to do the Ten Commandments. Yeah, exactly. We didn't even put it in this one. I just thought of it now. But yeah, so basically, if you have a dirty polishing pad and you're putting new polish on it, all you're going to be doing is potentially marring the paint and creating excess heat. Heat is not your friend. Number four, quality chemicals cost you less. Actually, they can cost you a lot less. We just had someone in the shop here talking and helping us out, and they mentioned that the soap they were using was $20 a gallon. Now, Credible Suds, $74.99 a gallon, so $75. But in order to get not even close to the amount of foam that we were getting with Incredible Suds, they had to put eight ounces in their foam cannon. Eight. Eight ounces, whereas we put one. So... For that equivalent amount of suds, and again, they weren't getting that amount of suds. She was amazed when she saw the suds coming out of the, the foam cannon. And we only had one ounce in there. With the soap they were using, they would normally put eight ounces. So to get the same amount of suds, they're using $160 worth of product. So yes, it might cost you a little more per gallon, but the cost per use really changes. And that's where a lot of people get stuck. They think it's an expensive chemical until... They break it down at cost per use. Another one that's very easy is iron remover. Iron remover, no matter what brand you're buying, is one of the most expensive chemicals you can buy, other than a ceramic coating. We developed a method, and we've worked our iron remover so that it works well with the perforated synthetic decontamination towel. Meaning, instead of spraying it willy-nilly all over the car and going through half or even a whole bottle, we only use maybe an ounce on a car because we're spraying it into the towel, onto the panel, and using it as our decontamination or clay lube. It's not clay, synthetic decontamination towel. But we're using it as a industry, the industry term, a clay lube. And we're using that on the bed of Incredible Suds or right. Lexus Wash. So we're getting the lubrication from our soap, essentially, yeah. the contact wash that's left over after the contact wash, yep. then the iron remover, and then the towel. Right. And the towel was dunked in our wash bucket, so it is full of... Suds as well. Exactly. Uh, just trust us. Like those two sprays, one on the towel, one on the paint, gets you a lot of real estate in terms of decontamination, claying, whatever you want right. to call it. It's a working process. Yeah. It's very cost effective. And some of the lower cost iron removers on the market, well, they sort of dilute it with a solvent. That solvent will break down any form of clay, whether it be our perforated synthetic decontamination towel or the good old standard clay bar. Yeah. All right. Well, that was number four. Number five, efficiency breeds quality. So a lot of people think being efficient is taking a shortcut. Being efficient is not taking a shortcut. Being efficient is being methodical. It's having all your tools and everything ready to go. It is knowing where you're going and where you've been. And there are some people that when they're doing things, they're over here and then over there and then down there and then up here and all over the place. It takes them two, three times as long and they miss spots. Whereas if you're very conscious about where you're going, you're methodical, you're efficient, it's going to take you less time and you're going to do a better job. Makes sense to me. Number six, be methodical. Be methodical. Yeah. 
So those are kind of two that <laughs> they, are, they are come near in, and dear they to your heart. together, but I really want to stress the point that efficiency does not mean you're cutting corners. Efficiency doesn't mean you're trying to go fast. Uh, one of my best employees when we had the shop was in his 60s. It looked like he was a sloth. It didn't look like he was moving throughout the day. He got more work done than the 20-year-olds. But every move was calculated. And being methodical, now we're into this, being methodical means we just coated this white truck. And this white SUV, you can't really see. If you've done ceramic coatings, you know that white is probably the most difficult color to ceramic coat because you can't see the leveling and the cross-linking of the ceramic coating. Being methodical means you're not going to miss anywhere. You don't even have to see it to be able to coat it. So knowing that I have boxed in this area and then I'm filling in this area and moving not haphazardly everywhere, but methodically, you have a method. You're going from point A to point B. You're doing a 50% overlap. You're going back the other way. Same as when you're polishing. Yep. The same methodology that when you're polishing, you're going to use here. And once you get that methodical method in you, it's going to make your life easier. You're going to get better results and it's going to take you less time. Having the coating leveling towel, that pearl weave that we sell on the website. Yeah. It's very uh, light green. Right. As your leveling towel for that first set of passes. And then another plush towel, different color. But the idea is two different colors, like methodical. So this towel, if I'm leveling it too quickly... It might get kind of wet, which is not the idea. But let's say that's just what's happening today. This one's going to stay dry. Right. Okay, the first one is the green one, and then I have the plush gray, you know, and, and it's just, it's a methodical process that makes sense. If I have two green ones, I end up swapping them, mixing them up. They both end up wet. Right. I, I can't get the, the high spot off because both of them are dragging coating around. Yeah. It can happen. There's a reason why you set up a process, and uh, it, it's certainly been working for us. We shot two videos on this thing. We washed, had it deconned, ready to go, and coated it in about three hours. And did the interior coating. Yeah. In that amount of time. Yeah. So very little time. Look at the results. So I wouldn't eight. have believed it if I, uh, if I hadn't done it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Number seven, towels matter. Buy nice ones and take care of them. Right. Towels are an expensive part of detailing. And unfortunately, there's something that they're not everlasting they're going to eventually wear out uh, through use and through washing. And maintaining your towels, they're an investment. You want to do proper maintenance. There's a couple things that you need to know about towels. First of all, like the paint, they don't like heat. 140 degrees is the maximum temperature for the polyamide in the towels. And your towels, you see a number on them, 70-30 or 70-20 or 80-20 or 90-10. Never buy a 90-10 towel. But a good towel is normally 70-30, and some good towels, depending on what you're wanting to do, 80-20. That polyamide is the smaller number of the two. The rest is polyester. If you've ever cut a polypropylene rope, so the yellow rope that you buy at the hardware store, they cut the end, it's all frayed when they cut it, they take a torch, it seals it back up. Your, your microfiber is like that cut fiber, so it's all frayed. When you heat it up, it does this. It shrinks back down. That's how your towels get sort of crunchy feeling and hard and non-absorbent because all those nice little thin fibers that the water attaches to are now shriveled up. So 140 degrees. 
That means you wash in cold water and you dry on fluff only. Just blew my mind. I mean, that's how I've always done it or yeah. air dried my really yeah, nice. Yeah, you can air dry as well. Paint towels. Right. But yeah. And the other thing, you want to make sure you're using a liquid detergent, not a powder. The liquid detergent goes into the water and stays liquid. The powder detergent, there are instances where the powder doesn't always break down completely. When it doesn't break down completely, now you have a little chunk of something in your microfiber. The other thing is you want a detergent that is free of all fragrances, fabric softeners, and bleaches because those can impact the absorbency of the towel. And finally, there are some really great products on the market specifically designed for cleaning microfiber towels. Check them out. They're worth the investment. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce this. Everything has a place. In French, it is... Mise en place. So, mise en place is something that is extremely important. And especially if you're running a shop. If you have multiple employees, you need to know that that bottle of ceramic gloss is always in the same place. You need to know that at the end of the wash, the wash bucket goes back to the point where it's supposed to be. And when you have everything laid out, you end up with a very easy system to follow and your employees don't have to think about what they're doing. And since everything has its place, it automatically triggers them to use that product at the right time. It's a no-brainer, whether it's in your kitchen yeah, or your garage. Exactly. Uh, so don't sleep on mise en place. 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 Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, number nine, read the bottle and don't use too much chemical. So this guy here is known for maybe overusing the odd chemical here and there. And when that happens, it causes problems like streaking and high spots and all sorts of different things. So we put instructions on the bottles. We even put QR codes. If you're someone at home who thinks if you use more, it'll clean better, comment down below. Yeah. I think we have something in common. Right. And Nick has proven it, proven it to himself many, many times that more is not better. Or just watching you use the actual proper dilution time in and time out. It's like, oh, this works. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. So more is not always better. More income? Yeah, that could be better. But using more chemicals? Not better. Uh, a great example <coughs> is our rinseless wash. The standard dilution for just about everything we do is 256 to 1. And I've never seen you over dilute rinseless wash, not Ever. once. It's all free yeah. to us. We can use as much as we want. I've never, no cameras around. This is his life. He loves the rinseless washing. You never over dilute it. No, under this dilute, is, you mean. He never uses more rinseless wash than yeah. you should. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So even the, the terminology is, is like <laughs> sacred to you. I yeah. know. But I'm serious. He does not use more product than the label says. No. The reason being, we designed the product to work at that specified dilution ratio. So an example, like I say, the rinseless wash, 256 to 1, which is half an ounce to a gallon. If you dilute it one ounce to a gallon, you're going to get streaking. It's going to be harder to dry. It's not going to clean any better. And it's just not going to feel right. So the proper dilution ratio makes a difference. The iron remover, same thing. We can use iron remover on four cars in a day and it doesn't smell like iron remover in here. You go to other shops, they do one car in the morning and it smells like iron remover for the rest of the week. It's true. Because they're using too much. So the chemicals, they're an expensive part of detailing. 
Use them judiciously. Judiciously? That's the word. Thank you. Uh, Use them sparingly. Follow the directions. If it says half an ounce to a gallon, one ounce is not better. If it says one ounce in your phone cannon, this guy sometimes puts two in and, well, we get really, really, really thick foam instead of just really thick foam. So That's maybe a case where, like, if you want a little more incredible suds for fun. Yeah. It's not going to clean any better, but it is fun to watch. Oh, yeah. It does look better, though. So if you want to, like, throw your money away in the form of a foam cannon, you can do that if you like. Um, Or if maybe you took advantage of a sale and you're just feeling... Whatever. YOLO, yeah. you know what I mean? All right. Uh, commandment number 10, and this is a pretty good one. And it It's an important one. Book ends from the beginning where I said, let there be light. It's to respect the sun. The sun is a very powerful thing. And the sun creates heat. We mentioned heat is not a good thing. Well, if you have a black car in the sun, really hot day, try to leave your hand on there for five minutes or five seconds for that matter. Trying to wash that is not going to work out. It's not going to end well. So respect the sun. If the vehicle is hot, don't try washing it. If the sun is beating down on you, it's hard on you. Stay, you need to stay hydrated. There's all sorts of things that make it very difficult when the sun is present. Now, the sun is fun. The sun is beautiful. But if it's 90 degrees with 90% humidity, the sun is beating down on you. You could cook an egg on the hood of the car. Cook an egg. Don't wash it. It's the reality of detailing is that it's not our chemical. It's not the other chemical down the like, street. It's not about, it's about the sun. Right. Like people ask, well, are your products safe in the sun? And I'm like, even if I say yes, like I want you to ask that question and know the answer because of the sun. Like, right. Just use, uh, what I'm saying is just use common sense. Right. Yes, you can use them in the sun, but instead of foaming... The whole car, you're going to do it in smaller sections. Yep. So you have to adapt your technique to the situation you're working in. The reality is there's some times when you're just going to be washing in the sun. Yeah. It is what it is. There's no perfect environment in detailing. No. Detailing is always going to be some level of work. And maybe you don't have a garage or maybe someone's in the, the shop and you, right. you're, you're doing the, the wash outside and you don't have soft water. Then work in small sections. You're probably going to get yeah. sprayed. On other sections that you don't get to in time. Like, it is possible that you're going to be contending with water spots. Um, that's just the reality of, of life as a detailer. Yeah, exactly. Um, but just as much as you can, try to avoid it. Which means you could wash... Hey, let's say you got a detail to do. Right. And it's the morning. And it's like, do I do the inside or the outside first? If you're in shade... Normally, let's say you do the interior first, right? Yeah. But you've got shade right now. Do the outside now. Yeah, do the just, just things like that. Yeah, it's adjust yourself and respect the sun. The sun demands respect. If it wasn't for the sun, we wouldn't be around. Yeah. And if it wasn't for the sun, well, we wouldn't need sunglasses. We wouldn't see the beauty of things. So respect the sun. It creates a lot of heat, creates a lot of energy. And that energy is exposed or shown to us as heat. And there's times where you've even said, never spray an interior detailing chemical on a panel. No. But we know you do that out there, right? Right. If you try to spray water on a hot interior panel, like under the sun. Yeah. I've done that before mobile. I mean, it just... Bakes there. Bakes there. The water can stain the leather or the vinyl. So just knowing all those things, use common sense. Right. Now, do you have anything to add to this list? If you do, leave it in the comments down below. We'd love to hear that. And if you have any questions, obviously, we're here to answer.
You guys, we love talking to you. If you are enjoying this, we hope you will join us on this playlist because the DIY Detail podcast now is well north of a year old. Yeah. We got some goodies here.